Vancouver's third fully automated electric commuter rail line opened in August 2009. Connecting the city to the international airport and continuing south to the coastal city of Richmond. Since opening, the Canada line has been running non-stop. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Operating with record-breaking efficiency. In terms of performance, since our operation began in 2009, we've had system availability of 99.9%. 99.9% system availability and punctuality 99.8%. And that's over now 13 years. We've just started our 14th year three weeks ago. So, so those numbers put us into a very, very high level of performance that really is unmatched in North America, which puts us into a domain of uh, probably the top performing railway, not, uh, not for a week or a month or a year, but for over a decade. It is North America's most efficient commuter railway, and General Manager Ron Powell wants it to stay that way. We have a history of continuous improvement and innovation on the line to get the numbers that we've got to sustain the performance that we have. And it's all aspects of our performance. We're talking about environment, sustainability. We're talking about safety. We're talking about security. We're talking about our quality performance and all the metrics that go with that. So to sustain that, you have to have a culture which is going to continuously try to improve. Continuous improvement means embracing new technology because the Canada Line is at a critical point when it comes to maintaining this high performance. We're at an age where we have to start replacing our assets. We have to start restoring the line because uh, just through wear and tear of a decade. So to get those high performance numbers, that's one thing. To sustain them, that's quite another thing. The solution? is a digital twin. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Jane Sphire. In this episode, we've partnered with SNC-Lavalin, which oversees operations and maintenance of the Canada Line, to find out how digital innovations are enabling its managers to maintain this high performance. Specifically, a digital twin. A digital twin is a virtual representation of a real-world asset. By creating a digital model of the train line, and then collecting real-time data through sensors and analysing this with algorithms, you can create an exact digital replica of something in the real world, in this case an entire train line. For me personally, the the most important thing to understand about digital twins is it's it's not a fancy piece of technology. It's taking data and layering it on top of each other. Adding a visual to it, in my opinion, is is for us humans to to engage with. If we took all of the pictures out of the world and we made it all zeros and ones, computers would rule the world. But for us as people, in order for us to be enabled to interact with it, a visual is a great way for us to be able to see and understand how this information mixes together. Johan Germises is the Director of Digital Solutions at SNC-Lavalin and helped set up the Canada Line's digital twin. But the first step in creating a digital twin is collecting the necessary data, 
which is something that the Canada Line started doing almost a decade ago. What we started and embarked on about 2014, uh, maybe even earlier than that, is developing software add-ons to our operation and, and start to develop actually sensors that we could use to assist us in understanding our, our assets and our work environment. Initially, our focus was on safety and productivity. That's what we focused on, was developing things that would improve our productivity and our safety. It has morphed, though, into trying to get us to a point where we can actually now start to see more on the condition of our assets than uh, we could with our naked human eyes. And we're talking about using advanced sensors, lasers, we're talking about high-speed line cameras, we're talking about ultrasonic uh, tests, we're talking in sensors, we're talking about uh, using gyroscopes uh, to, to measure to a precision, a level of uh, precision that we can't do manually. All of this adds up to a lot of data. Perfect groundwork for the creation of a digital twin. So, so then when the idea of the twin came along, it was, you know, this is fertile ground because you, you basically been operating for over a decade. So for Canada Line, I got involved about three or four years ago. Um, it was actually before we started working on the digital twin project. At that point in time, they had huge amounts of data that they were trying to analyze, but just like anybody else, they didn't have quite the amount of time to it. So introduced them to some dashboarding software, Tableau and Power BI, to give them some insights on some of the operational challenges. But with huge maintenance challenges on the way, they needed to look into the future and predict when assets might begin to fail. So the goal is that we never cross the line into disturbing our operational performance with unplanned and unexpected failure of assets. You never cross that line. But you don't want to start fixing and replacing assets too early either because that's wasteful. And in actual fact, it doesn't even it doesn't even support our sustainability initiatives. If you start replacing assets sooner than they need to, um, that that's that's counterproductive. In fact, what you want to do is go the other way. But the sensors now allow us to measure with precision the condition of these assets. And as we measure the condition of these assets, we're able to do just in time maintenance. We're able to do the maintenance when it's required. We're able to do the restoration and the replacement just when it's required. And we never cross that boundary into disturbing performance. That's the idea, the idea. That's the objective. Once they decided to build a digital twin of the Canada line, they started adding more sensors and collecting more data. The biggest step they took was doing a LiDAR scan of the entire track. With Canada line, the digital twin, we um, saw an opportunity to be able to perform a laser scan on their alignment. The highest risk activity that you can take on a rail line is putting a person on it. So every time somebody physically has to go out to the track alignment or to the stations, is a very dangerous time. It's, it's the highest risk that you can have of injury. So by doing a laser scan, uh, we were able to bring the laser scan within a, a real-time engine where they could take fairly accurate measurements that uh, avoided them having to go out into the field to do those measurements or to see issues over time. Uh, and the benefits of that laser scan has been 
exponential because we've been able to use it to do assessments of various kinds, activities or, or uh, uh, situations that, that people didn't even intend for the laser scan to help them with, but it's really been very beneficial. High-speed cameras have also been installed that can detect sub-millimeter defects in the line. And more data collection methods are continuously being added to the Canada line. There's so much that you can do. We carry microphones underneath our trains, so we measure the noise levels under the train with the wheel-rail interface. And once you get those noise signatures, you can analyze them and break them down into their constituent frequencies. And it turns out that those constituent frequencies are associated with, with uh, a lot of times different aspects of wear in your asset on the wheels or the rail. And we use that to also identify where maintenance is needed, where grinding is needed, where reshaping is needed. We use lasers to further identify that and scan up and down the line. We have a fully automated drone that can carry all of these sensors and run out and, and collect that information so that it feeds it forward into our maintenance program. But we basically continue to expand that uh, suite of sensors that we have available to us. All this data collected on the trains, on the track, and on other important line assets can then be run through a machine learning algorithm. It's not the difficulty of pulling the data, it's making the data meaningful. So it's developing the algorithms that are going to be doing something with the data. But you've got to develop the algorithms so that, you know, when you get it and look at it, you can trend it and make it meaningful. Because at the end of the day, what you want to present up is a dashboard to your operators, to your maintenance people that says, here's where you are. And, and here's what you need to do to put up flags that say, you've got a problem here. You need to look at this. Right. Well, that all comes from algorithms that have to be developed. And uh, and, and depending upon which assets we're talking about, uh, they can be more or less complex, you know, and they can take uh, some time to build and refine. And then it's an ongoing uh, process of refining it and, and, and evolving it. This is where having a decade of data came in handy for Johan, who had to develop these algorithms. I think the, the, the statistic currently says that 75% of data engineers' time that they spend is cleaning data, not actually performing their analytics. The data needs to be of good quality and good labeling to really get a good prediction out of it. To understand if the data they already had was useful, Johan had to understand what the goals were for the digital twin. Digital twins is not a once-off. It's an evolving system or an evolving uh, methodology or technology. So it, it's not limited as long as you can break it down to what data do I need and what benefit do I get or do I want to get out of it. But again, it has to be, I'm very firm believer, practical and pragmatic solutions to solve specific problems. And for Canada Line, the goal was clear maintain the line's high reliability during unprecedented levels of maintenance. All the relevant data is then used to train machine learning algorithms, which can then predict when key assets will fail and when the optimum time is to repair them. It doesn't mean that you stop things and fix the defects. It means that you start monitoring them. So then you go back and see how fast they're growing the defects or, uh, you know, getting better ideas about the, uh, the failure and the failure mode 
and predicting when that will happen so that you're able to plan when you have to go and intervene. One of the most important assets to focus on were the train switches. Switches on, the, on a railway are very important and, and we've got a couple that are extremely important because they switch our traffic every other train from this line to the airport to this line down number three road in Richmond. And if you lose one of those switches, you've lost half of your service. You can't run trains there if you can't switch, them, so switch the trains there. So those are key, key switches for us to monitor and maintain and not have fail. The switches on the Canada line have been monitored for years, so they know exactly what a normal swing of a switch should look like. That data has been fed into the digital twin, so now it can identify when the switch's swing isn't working correctly. And we collaborated with a professor in the UK, with our Atkins colleagues, and, and, and he was able to take us to a different level of control using regression models and feeding this information through so that we get much better prediction with confidence intervals around when that switch is most likely going to fail by trending it forward. The digital twin can also be used not just to predict when the best time is to do maintenance, but also to improve how the maintenance is being done. We have only about three hours every night to do our maintenance out on the track between when service starts and when service ends. You know, we've got a pretty full day. Uh, so that leaves us like three hours. Trains come back here to the, to the operations maintenance center for their cleaning and maintenance. Uh, and where their crews go out to the guideway, out into the track work and perform what, what is needed to be done there. Using the digital twin, along with a VR headset, maintenance and repair work can be rehearsed in advance. So if you're going to replace uh, some big component that you don't do very frequently, and so you're not very familiar with it, and, uh, and, and so you need to maybe uh, rehearse it a bit and review it. But this provides that opportunity because you can go right in, you can swing big pieces, you can see how you're going to do it, you can look at your hazards, you can speak about it and, and really get it refined so that when you go out there in those three hours, you know pretty much what you're going to be doing. Augmented reality and digital instruction can also be used during maintenance to improve efficiency on the work site. So what they've been doing is they've got programs, maintenance programs, where they have to maintain bogies, for example. And you only refurbish two bogies a month. So by the time you get to the end of one year, you're going to have to do, you, you, it's kind of this really repetitive task. Then, using augmented reality, maintenance instruction can be seen overlaid on the real bogey. And as long as your work area is laid out in the, in the right way, in the similar way every single time, it will guide you through the process of getting a spare, taking it to the piece of uh, equipment, removing it, placing new bolts into it. This allows the maintenance team to make repairs more efficiently. So over time, they've seen benefits from using the tool because they don't have to have supervisors necessarily overlook all of the work. They are able to convey a much clearer message and much clearer instructions on what the operator needs to do to maintain those pieces of equipment. The digital twin is also a big part of helping the Canada Line reach its own sustainability goals. We're on an initiative also on the Canada Line to eliminate all of our carbon-based fuels by 2025. We've got four of them. 
starting this year, the team is eliminating propane, natural gas, gasoline, and the diesel that is used in all of the maintenance vehicles. And the challenge for us there is that you can't buy the equipment. It doesn't exist. So we have to use our innovation again to convert all of the equipment we've got, except for the gasoline fleet. Um, well, there we're just waiting for delivery of the equipment. But the propane equipment, we've had to have a special design uh, for our uh, train pushers to pull them in and out of the hall. In the case of, uh, of, of the natural gas, which heats and cools this facility that I'm in, uh, we'll be going to heat pumps and in uh, a low electrical footprint. But all of that initiative is also supported by the digital twin, because as we push out now the assets, we get a better condition of the assets and understanding of the assets, and we don't have to replace assets that aren't uh, worn. We can delay some of the unnecessary elements of, of carbon footprint. And we also can now take a very strong look at what we're going to use as replacements and where they're coming from, and what does that carbon footprint look like? So there's many, many dimensions to this digital twin that, uh, that are very, very exciting for us. Although it's in its early stages, the Canada Line's digital twin is already helping improve the line's efficiency. Additional sensors are continuously being added, bringing in even more useful data, which will allow for the digital twin to improve the line's efficiency in other areas. The other thing we're, we're, we're looking at already with the digital twin is, is to using some, some RPA tools, robotic uh, automation tools, to basically perform some of these routine and repetitive tasks in the office space and feed them forward. Uh, you know, start collecting information from different places. You know, a lot of people are here busy just pulling information and doing reports and doing some analysis with it. But you can do a lot of that with, with these uh, robotic automation tools. And, and so we've already started exploring uh, that possibility as well. There's just so many dimensions of our operation that uh, this twin will touch. You know, everything from operations and maintenance to all of our support initiatives and, and performance associated with uh, health and safety, environment, the sustainability I mentioned, the uh, emergency planning and training, everything is transformed. For the Canada Line team, the digital twin is still in very early stages of development, and there's so much space for further growth. I think there's a huge amount of potential for digital twins. We are literally at its infancy. To our uh, understanding, this is the first implementation of a digital twin on a commuter rail train service in the world. As more digital twins emerge and the better data collection becomes, there's a potential to start linking digital twins together and have entire cities represented in digital form, something that's already happened in Singapore. The potential for the Canada Line's digital twin to connect to another digital twin already exists with the Vancouver International Airport. Vancouver, YBR International Airport, they also have implemented a digital twin of their entire airport. So they've got LiDAR scans of, uh, of the entire airport uh, from the air and they, like us, they can zoom down into it and, uh, 
and take a look at things and then they can compare their schedules of planes that are arriving and uh, you know the crowding and such so that they can deploy uh, their personnel. Well, we serve that airport and a lot of those passengers, they come out and get onto the Candleline. So I absolutely could see that, uh, you know, in the future, it's not a priority probably for either one of us right now, but in the future, there's no reason why there couldn't be some co-joining of that where there's feed forward information associated with planes that have arrived. And, you know, we have a big cruise uh, industry here in Vancouver. And so at certain times you'll get big, uh, big uh, lumpy flow of passengers coming through the airport to get onto a cruise ship. You know, we're talking thousands of people. And, uh, and so that lumpiness is what creates challenges for us. And, and being able to have visibility on that and feed forward information would really assist. But for now, the main focus of the Canada Line's digital twin is to make sure that maintenance and replacement is carried out at the right time with minimum disruption. So the Canada Line can remain North America's most reliable commuter line. What we strive to do is deliver the best possible customer experience on the Candleline. And how do you do that? Safe, secure, reliable service. And, and if you provide that, people will come back and they will speak highly of it. From our perspective, the reliability is key. And so we don't want unplanned, unwanted shutdowns on the line. We want that to be the most reliable service that you could have between point A and point B that we serve. And then the other aspects of it, the safety, the security, the sustainability, they all have to support it. And, and so this will allow us to do that. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode was written and produced by Johnny Dowling, hosted by me, Alex Conacher, co-hosted by Jane Sophia, edited by Bernadette Ballantyne, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, and our own digital model of efficiency is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find Engineering Matters on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reb.media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn.